Sins over the middle. How is he that wide open? Jefferson again inside the 10, lunging for the end zone. Touchdown! This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Now, one might think that from a football perspective, this is a lost week, right? Week one is is a wash. Packers lost. Not a ton redeeming about that Vikings game. I mean, you can find some good things, you know, good pressure rate from Kenny Clark. Christian Watson was getting open. That's a good thing. Yeah, you could maybe find some small little positives here and there. But by and large, that game sucked. Lost to a rival. Blown out in week one. America's game of the week. Kevin Burkhart's debut is Fox's main announcer. Does Kevin Burkhart hate the Packers? No. Just like Joe Burk, Joe Buck didn't. It just, you know, happened to call Packers loss. So that was a that was a complete and total L on Sunday. And then what the Badgers did on Saturday. Well, it is kind of funny that they lost to Washington State. It's kind of funny that they lost as a big home favorite again for the third time in five years. But a huge bummer, right? Like, even though Graham Mertz played pretty well, man, that stinks. That, that's, that's enough. That's a big L. So one might say that this entire week of football has been a complete and total disaster. Nothing redeeming about it. None of our teams did well. Well, I have said before on the show, and I believe this to be true, uh, just as much as I love watching my teams win, I really love watching the teams that I don't like lose. Perhaps almost as much as I love watching my own teams win. For example, I love watching the Celtics lose just about as much as I love watching my Bucks win. Not the same amount, but pretty close. From a football perspective, this weekend was a loss uh, until last night. I-, I gotta say, bum that the Badgers lost, bum that the Packers lost, but Almost making up for it. <laughs> Watching my guy, Russell Wilson, go back to Seattle and lose that game. Ugh. Not a bigger Seahawks fan, not a bigger Pete Carroll fan on earth last night than your boy, Grant Bills. Wisco Sports Show country. Let's ride. Let's do this. <laughs> yes, the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I'm having an excellent day. Oh, I don't know why. Just I woke up on the right side of the pillow. I guess I can't explain it. Oh, yeah, that and Russell Wilson lost in Seattle last night. That was hilarious. Awesome game. Great way to open up the Monday night football schedule. Loved it. Our boy, America's booth, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman back on the call. Those two take a lot of flack from Packers fans. Not deservingly. They're fantastic, both of them. Glad that they were on the call last night. So that game was a blast. We get the Brewers and Cardinals tonight. That certainly won't go poorly. No way that... That goes south, right? We got Brewers Cardinals coming up. And week one of the NFL season is officially in the books. We have a lot to talk about tonight. My name is Grant Bills. Like I said, you can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. You can text and call the show 608-796-2558. Couple of things I want to do today. I want to hear a little bit from Aaron Rodgers. Because that's one player we didn't hear from yesterday. Heard a little bit from Matt LaFleur. Heard a little bit from Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage. Rasul Douglas, Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, whole secondary, kind of got the full story of what happened, all of those breakdowns and blown coverages and all those yards going to Justin Jefferson. We kind of got the story, right, the layout from those guys in the defensive backfield yesterday. Today we're going to hear a little bit from Aaron Rodgers. He joined the Pat McAfee show today, was in a jovial, happy mood, on to week two, on to the Bears. 
So I cut a little audio, took some of his answers, and had some interesting things to say about Justin Jefferson and about some of the mental mistakes, his words, mental mistakes in week one. So he kind of explained that. Thought we got some interesting, juicy information on the Pat McAfee show today. So I'll play some of those clips at 4.30. I want to compare, compare and contrast this year's week one to last year's week one. Something we did a little bit yesterday, but something I'd like to do a little bit more of today. And our friend Mike Clements will join us at 5.30. He was at U.S. Bank Stadium, as was Bill Michaels. Bill's making the rounds. He was in Eau Claire yesterday. He was in lacrosse today. So Bill and Mike were there. We'll get the inside scoop from Mike, what he saw, what he heard, what he felt. What was the vibe? We'll get the vibe from Mike Clements coming up at 5.30. I want to start with Monday Night Football before we get into the pack. Maybe we'll do the Badgers tomorrow. Hold on. Let me see. I've got my schedule for the week. When are we going to get to the the Badgers? Eh, tomorrow, maybe. Pretty booked up today. But maybe maybe tomorrow we'll get to the Badgers. Uh, we'll get to the Packers here in a few minutes. But I do want to start with Monday Night Football. Such a well-rounded football game. That was my tweet last night at Wisco Grant. That's how I described that game. Just well-rounded. This game had everything. Right? Nothing in this game was a given, right? Third and one, no guarantee that either team was going to pick that up. Goal to go from the one-yard line. Twice the Broncos were stuffed. Nothing was a given. You couldn't assume anything in this game. Very similar to a high school football game. You know, you watch a high school game, it's not a given. You know, third and one, who knows? It's high school kids. I don't know. Extra point from the six-yard line, I don't know. It's high school kids. You know, easy wide open pass right down the middle, hits the wide receiver right in the stomach. I don't know. It's high school kids. Nothing is a given in high school football, right? That's the feel that last night's game had to it. Broncos get to the one-yard line twice. Normally in the NFL, you can book it. That's six. At least one of those times they're going to punch it in. Not last night, right? Geno was great in the first half. Had one incompletion, and I'm pretty sure it was a drop. He was unbelievable. And then the Seahawks were literally shut out in the second half, did not score any points. Normally, You can't win a game like that. Normally, you can't hold a 17-13 lead for two full quarters of football, especially with Russell Wilson on the other side. Last night, it was different. There was something different last night. It wasn't a given. Seattle was shut out in the second half, still able to win. Seattle has, like, one great player on defense, and I use great loosely. It's Jamal Adams. And he got hurt in the first half, didn't come back. Normally, that would matter. You know what I mean? Like, normally a defense with only one great player who gets injured, normally that's an issue. Not last night. Any given Sunday is a real thing, or in last night's case, any given Monday. It's a real thing. Anybody can beat anybody on any given day or night. And last night showed why the NFL is just next level over the NBA or Major League Baseball. Anybody can beat anybody at any given time. It's not really the case in the NBA, not really the case in Major League Baseball, but in the NFL... And if you're an NFL better, or if you're betting on these games and you're trying to pick correctly, you know, it's insanity. It's so unpredictable. And last night's game had everything. It was a well-rounded football game. And our guy, Nathaniel Hackett, Packers offensive coordinator last year and the year before under Matt LaFleur, goes to Denver, gets his quarterback, Russell Wilson. Wow, a lot of offensive talent, a lot of good players on the defense. I actually thought Nathaniel Hackett's offense looked pretty good last night. I saw a lot of things that I've seen in the Packers offense the last two years. A lot of space on the sides, right? So they were running outside zone or they were running bootlegs to a, to a tight end or a running back who would leak out. A lot of space. Felt like a lot of those plays, Javante Williams would get the ball or one of their tight ends would get the ball and no one was around him. 
and they'd run for six or seven yards before a defender would even come close. It's like, that's what we saw with the Packers in both of Aaron Rodgers' MVP seasons. And that's what we see with McVay and Shanahan, these offensive coaches that are coming from this group, and it's it's taking over the league, it seems like, a team or two at a time. O'Connell is another one of these guys. They just find a way to get free yards for their quarterback. Just free. Just dump the ball out into the flat. The guy will run for six or seven yards easy before a defender even comes near him. And I saw that from Nathaniel Hackett last night. I'm like, hmm, okay. This offense seems to have an identity. I recognize it. Russell Wilson is seemingly playing within it. That's a good sign. Our guy, Nathaniel Hackett, look at this. Offense looks good. And then the last two minutes, right? And I'm sure if you weren't watching last night at some point today on another radio show that you were listening to or on a TV show or just on social media, or maybe you talked to someone at work and they told you, hey, go to YouTube, watch the highlights because the finish was nuts. I'm sure you see at some point. They let the clock run down. They burn 40 seconds before calling a timeout anyways. And then instead of going forward on fourth and five, they settle for a 64-yard field goal attempt. And Hackett said after the game, oh, you know, I thought that gave us the best chance to win. That's not true. He doesn't actually believe that. I think the game was overwhelming at the end, and he made a decision, and then he realized, oh, my God, what did I do? And after the game, the best way to justify that was we thought that was our best chance of winning because you can't really argue with that. That's Hackett's opinion. He thought that that was their best chance to win. It's not like you can really dispute that. That's why that's the line in the press conference after the game. It's just not true. Right after Brandon, this is ESPN stats and info. After Brandon McManus late missed last night, NFL kickers since 1960 attempting a field goal of 64 plus yards have made it 4.8 percent of the time, twice in 42 attempts. For reference, last season, teams going for it on exactly fourth and five converted it 49 percent of the time. So if you want to talk about a chance to win, or at least a chance of being successful on that play, it was less than a five percent chance versus slightly less than. 50%. I'm no calculus teacher. Seems pretty cut and dry. And yet after the game, Nathaniel Hackett says, well, I thought that was our best chance to win the game was to go for the field goal. Hackett doesn't think that he's only saying it right. Last night, our guy Nathaniel Hackett got a, got a little dose of how insane the NFL is, right? Coaching your offense, getting your guys open, rushing five yards of pop, seeming like you're in a great spot to drive down the field and, steal this game at the end, and that happened. All of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, 40 seconds ran off the clock. We used a timeout because we didn't know what to do, and all of a sudden, there's Brandon McManus kicking a 64-yard field goal. Oh, my God, what did I do? You know what I mean? That's how nuts the NFL is. That's what happened to Nathaniel Hackett. All of a sudden, bumping along, just calling plays. Ball is moving. Yeah, tough luck on the goal line with a couple of fumbles, but you know what? The offense looks pretty good. Guys are in space, five, six yards of carry. We've got both. Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon Cook, and all of a sudden, Jerry Judy looks great. Russell Wilson settling in. We're in a hostile environment, but we're getting by. We're probably going to drive down and win the game on a field goal. And, oh, no, what happened? I looked away for a split second. What happened? Oh, we wasted 40 seconds before taking a timeout, and then, we what did we do? Oh, my God, we tried a 65-yard foot. It happened so quickly. What happened? Like, all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, Nathaniel Hackett's standing there thinking, uh, uh what did, what did I, I didn't just do that, did I? Jeez, that's why all offseason long, even though Denver's roster looks great and Russell Wilson is a great quarterback, certainly a huge upgrade from anybody that Denver's had since Peyton Manning. That's why all offseason long NFL experts and football experts are like, well, we don't know what Nathaniel Hackett's going to be. And even if he's a great offensive mind, 
He's coaching for the first time. He's calling plays for the first time. He's managing the clock. He's dealing with timeouts and dealing with game time. That's a lot. And in the blink of an eye last night, if you if you went to get a snack, you missed it. Nathaniel Hackett realized, oh, there's a lot going on at once. This is this is really hard. I wish I could have could have done that differently. Right? And not to, you know, dance on the grave of Russell Wilson. It's only one game. Uh, but a lot of former Seahawks taking shots at him last night. A lot of former Seahawks chiming in on Twitter and saying, oh, well, you get what you get, right? Get what you deserve. I'm not commenting. I, I, hey, I'm just pointing out what I saw. I'm not commenting on Russell Wilson. Just, just pointing out what I, what I saw. That's it. I want to revisit something we talked about yesterday uh, as we transition to something a little different, as our uh, patron saint Colin Cowherd would say. All right, let's shift to this. Let's shift to this. I want to talk about something we touched on briefly yesterday. Aaron Rodgers, his wide receivers, especially his rookies, and the idea of trust, Okay. I want you to think back to when you were in school. Might be high school, might be in middle school, might be in college, grad school, whatever. I guarantee you experienced this at one moment or another in in some level of your schooling. A teacher or a professor or a guidance counselor, somebody told you the way you've been doing things, the way you've been doing school up until now, not going to cut anymore. It's not good enough, right? You haven't been studying enough. You haven't been, we're about to take it to the next level. Right in, in eighth grade, before you went to high school, your middle school teacher probably said, hey, next year, this isn't going to fly. And then when you went to high school, your senior year, your math teacher said, hey, I, I know you guys have senioritis, you're about to graduate, but just so you know, this isn't going to fly in college next year. Right, and at the end of college, some teacher probably told you, some professor said, hey, in grad school, this isn't going to fly. You need to, you need to bring it up a level, right? I guarantee, right? We've all been told that some level in, in our education. A teacher hit us with that spiel, right? And maybe you were very mature, very mature in that moment, which most of us probably weren't. And, and you thought, you're right. I do need to study more. I need to, I need to spread my studies out over a longer period of time. I can't just cram and procrastinate till the last minute. Or you know, maybe like I did, you said, ah, I'll show you. I'll cram the night before and pass your class. And, and maybe you did, maybe you didn't, right? We were all told that. It's, we all experienced that, guaranteed, right? Aaron Rodgers is the student. And I, I don't know if his coaching staff is telling him or if nobody's telling him, but Rogers is the student in the situation where he's leveling from eighth grade to high school or from senior year of high school to college, where Rogers needs to be told or Rogers needs to understand the way you've been doing things is not going to fly this year. Right? We need to change. We need to adjust. Right? Rogers is going to have to get outside his comfort zone a little bit this season, do things differently. He's going to have to throw to wide receivers that he may not fully trust. He's going to have to throw to a wide receiver who is open where he might be thinking, is he going to catch this? Is he going to be looking for this ball? Or is he going to drop it? Or is he going to look the other way and is the ball going to get tipped up in the air? Am I going to throw a pick? Rodgers is going to have to play differently this year. He's going to have to change things up. He's going to have to adjust because what he's been doing for long stretches of career when he had Driver, Jones, Jennings, Nelson. I mean, you've heard the spiel. When he had all those wide receivers, he could play loose and fast, and he could run around and improvise because those guys would get it. And then from, say, 2014 to 2016, Rodgers was so brilliant, it almost didn't matter who he had at wide receiver. As long as he had one guy he trusted, he could dance around and improvise, and it would work out. This year's a little bit different, all right? Rodgers is a little older. He's not as fast. He's not as strong. His arm isn't as snappy. 
And he doesn't have elite wide receivers all over the field. He doesn't even have one. So what Rodgers has been doing up until this point, it's not going to work anymore. Just like in college when your professor said, hey, this class is going to be really hard. You can't just cram at the end of the semester. You can't just cram before midterm. You're going to have to change it up here because this is a hard class. I'm going to test you, right? And you, as a 20-year-old student, like, yeah, whatever, dude, shut up. Just give me the syllabus and I'm going to go home. But, but Rodgers, we're not just going for a C plus. We're not just trying to pass the class this year. We're trying to get back to the Super Bowl here, okay? So what Rodgers has been doing for the last however many years it's not going to work. Rogers is going to have to play a brand new brand of football this year. And I believe he can do it. He might not want to. He doesn't want to throw the ball to guys he doesn't trust. He doesn't want to put the game in the hands of a rookie that he might not fully believe in. But guess what? <laughs> He's going to have to. Because that's what this season will demand of him. Just like when you went from high school to college or college to grad school. Sometimes you need to change things up. And if you try to keep doing things the way that you've been doing them, it doesn't always work. And I don't think it will work this season if Rogers behaves the same way he has. This is a different team, different situation, different challenge. Let's take a break. We'll talk more about Aaron Rodgers, what he needs to do this year, and how he needs to get on the same page with some of these young guys and trust these young guys, even if he doesn't fully believe in him yet. Wisco Sports Show, back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills i hope you're having an outstanding day i certainly am got to see the big unit earlier this afternoon thrill michaels himself mike from chippewa falls chimes in 608-796-2558 says looking good on the bill michaels show digging the mustache magnum pi style oh yeah bill was in studio today got to see him i love having studio guests and being in studio with someone on the radio i never get to do it ever because all of the other voices on our network, whether it's Ebo or Zach or Rowdy, they're all in Madison together. They, they got all the mics. They got a big studio. My studio is small. I got one mic. It's me, right? So anytime I talk to someone, it's over the phone or on Zoom, which is great. You know, but it's nice to be face-to-face, make eye contact with someone when you're talking sports with them. That's special. That's something that this generation just doesn't get. I uh, <laughs> Andrew in Nauburn texts in says he has to learn how to grow these wide receivers' confidence. Who can take who can take perfection, pressure, and growth? This doesn't make any sense, Andrew. Also, Aaron was always best out of the pocket. I worry that he can't pull off as much out-of-pocket magic. At his age, he's got to make more time within the pocket. This is what I'm saying, Andrew, right? This is a, a roster and a situation and a season unlike anything Aaron Rodgers has ever experienced. That's why I compared it to the millions of times a teacher told me through middle school, high school, college, and I guarantee you heard the same thing. The way you've been doing things, it's not going to cut it. In my class, it's not going to cut it. Or when you go to college next year, you're going to have to shape up because this crap that you're pulling is not going to fly next year, right? We heard this all the time. Your study habits in ninth grade aren't going to be up to snuff in 11th grade or in high school, your study habits and your school habits aren't going to fly in college, right? We're always adapting and we're changing the way that we do things. The way Rodgers has played football for the longest time, I don't think is going to fly this year. I don't think he can do as much improvising. I think he's got to play in the pocket. Yes, Andrew, like you said. And the way that he deals with the wide receivers around him is going to be different. right? Because Greg Jennings, Jermichael Finley, Jordy Nelson, those guys were pros. Devontae Adams, those guys were pros. In their mind, they knew what it took to be great. They knew what was expected of them. They understood everything. And you know what? If they dropped the ball, they didn't need to be scolded. They, they got it. 
right? These guys, different. So Rodgers' leadership style or quarterbacking style is going to have to be different this year. I don't think it, it it's going to take more skill. I don't think it's going to be harder for Rodgers. It's just different. I think Rodgers is perfectly capable of adjusting and tweaking to fit this roster better. But he is going to have to adjust and change. And like we've seen with Russell Wilson, we've seen with lots of quarterbacks. Quarterbacks kind of like to play the, the, the style that they like to play, and they don't always like to change. So it's going to be a challenge for Rodgers. It would be a challenge for most quarterbacks. Let's talk to Mike in Windsor. 608-796-2558. What's up, Mike? What's up, Grant? How are you? I am swell, and it certainly has nothing to do with watching Russell Wilson last night. That's not why I'm in a great mood. That has nothing to do with it. Oh, that's me, Grant. Uh, I think my favorite part was watching Peyton Manning call for a timeout and also watching probably 200 Seattle fans or, excuse me, Broncos fans in the background call for a timeout as well Yeah, uh, in the stands. It was fantastic. It was awesome. It, I mean, I, I, it blew my mind. It honestly blew my mind. You know, it was it was amazing. The fans got it. Yeah, the fans got everybody got it. But you know, Mike, that's such an insane lesson for all of us that think that, you know, I maybe don't think we could coach a team, but we think it's easy, and we sit on the couch and say, "This is what I would have done. What I would have done." I thought Nathaniel Hackett was in great control of that game up until that point. They'd have some bad luck on the goal line, and like they're playing in a tough place. It's week one. Don't get me wrong, but I thought his offense looked good, and it seemed to be flowing. And then in the blink of an eye, like how quickly the game got away from him. How on top of it those coaches have to be. Because I, Nathaniel Hackett probably didn't even realize what happened. He's probably looking at the scoreboard and thinking, oh, my God, what did I just do? It's amazing how hard it is to coach at that level. And I thought that was on display last night. Well, I'm going to take this from the other Colin Coward um, sound clips that you have. You know, it's interesting. We, <laughs> as fans. <laughs> you, you know, it's interesting. We, That's well done. You know, it's interesting. That's funny. So, you know, we as fans or uh, media or sports radio, anyone, we may not be able to coach a team, right? That's mm-hmm. that's not in, not in the cards. Mm-hmm. But we can see good and we can see bad. Okay. We can analyze. Oh yeah, we can analyze all day. Oh, and yeah. if you watch it enough, you can analyze it to a point where you're like, "That's not right." Mm-hmm. You know, that's not the right move. And you can even in the moment say, "Call a timeout. Call a timeout." And a fan can be right, and Nathaniel Hackett can be wrong. Yeah. So I think that that's a really, it's a really interesting, uh, you know thing about that that if someone watches it enough and understands the game enough they can definitely um analyze it to a point where they can prove it to be right or wrong um real real quick on the packers i i heard a sound clip from uh before this morning uh actually on the bill michael show about um how he didn't want to change up his defense oh yeah if you want to change your entire scheme well yeah that's what you do it's 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 called you know shifting adjusting um, no one wanted to cover Jefferson. No one. So why why in the world is Jair Alexander not on him? You know, yeah. why is he not floating? Yeah. Um, I, yes, I, I know what you're saying. I think if you told that to a football coach, if you sat down and you watched some of those Jeff, Justin Jefferson highlights with a football coach who thinks of it of a coaching perspective, because we don't think as a coach, right? We think as a fan. It's also right. easy to us. If you sat down with a coach, Fanatic. the coach would probably say, you know, this this call wasn't bad. This play wasn't bad. It was terribly executed, right? But the, the play wasn't bad. I, I, I think we attribute failure to what was called all the time. And sometimes a player just has a brain fart, runs the wrong way, right? I think it happens. So I, I think to push back on, on that idea, yes, probably want Jair on Justin Jefferson more. And, and maybe, but yeah, the, could have adjusted, but well, I just think the execution was poor. 
My my point though is Grant is when the execution is poor repeatedly. Sure. That's when maybe an adjustment is made to where another sure. player is cover, covering that player that's making those um, amazing moves when you're not executing with the right player. That's fair. so that that's my only you know kind of kind of thought of it. Um, and then one more question, I'm going to let you go. But yeah. have you seen enough from Graham Mertz this year? Let's shift to this. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen enough from Graham Mertz this year to prove that he has the ball skill? Um, accuracy, things like that. Just, can he win the big game this year? Do all you right, think let's he shift can? to this. Let's shift to this. Here, okay. First of all, on Saturday, I'm with Ben Kenny, who's been fighting this battle, and I and I, I will back that up on this. I thought Graham Mertz looked really good. I think he made some big throws, and he was aggressive, and he was playing with Moxie, and, and he had some life. Here's I my here's my question. I don't know that Paul Chris knows what to do with a good quarterback that can throw the ball down the field. You know what I mean? Like what? I where totally it, agree with you. Where is and it I, leading? And I'm not. I'm not on. The, I'm not on the fire, Paul Christian. I'm Same. not. Same. Um, I, I, I think he should stay. I think he's a good coach. But I agree with you. I don't know if he knows what to do with Graham Mertz because Graham Mertz can make some outstanding throws. Yeah. Um, and I think that he needs maybe an adjustment in quarterback coach. Maybe an adjustment here, an adjustment there. But I don't think that he knows what to do right now with him. I don't know if he yeah. knows. Um, Scheme wise, like what? Like he's not a Lincoln Riley. Like he's not. You know what I mean? He's not yeah. going to call up a an offense like that. So I don't know. I think I think Graham could be something super special, but I just don't think he's getting the right play calls. Yeah, I and we can talk more about the Badgers, Mike. I appreciate the call. I'm going to let you go. Have an awesome night. Go for it. See ya, Mike in Windsor. All right, let's shift to this. Let's shift to this. You know, it's interesting to quote Cowherd. I, here's the thing: Graham Mertz was making some awesome throws on Saturday, and it it didn't really seem to make the team better. You know what I mean? Like, we've been dying for Graham Mertz to show us something, and he, he showed us a little something on Saturday, and it, it didn't seem to uplift the team at all. The team as a whole kind of seemed the same. And I, I know the offensive line hasn't been great, and I've heard our guys in Madison talk about that, and I agree. Ben, ben Kenny tweeted out a stat. I think there was like one and a half yards, not even, I think it was like a yard before contact on average, when the Badgers were rushing on Saturday. So I, I don't know that Graham Mertz was the problem. I, I think the frustrating thing is Badgers fans were like, hey, if Graham Mertz can just take another step, we're going to be really good. And it seems like Graham Mertz has taken another step, and yet it seems like the team hasn't taken a step at all, right? So, like, if Graham Mertz starts playing amazing, I don't know if the Badgers know what to do with that. I don't, I don't know if, if the team around him can play better and win more as a result of Graham Mertz. I don't know. It kind of feels like we're just stuck in the mud. Uh, We can talk a little bit more about that. I want to talk more about Aaron Rodgers and how he has to play a different style of football this year. I have a couple more points I want to make on that. We're going to hear from Rodgers himself. He was on the Pat McAfee show earlier today. I saved some of my favorite parts. That's all coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. Our guy Mike Clements will be here in an hour. Tell us what he saw at U.S. Bank on Sunday, what he felt, what did he hear. Just get the, the general vibe, the general sense from what's going on and what went on. One thing that I'm excited to ask him, and then I'm just going to sit back and listen. One specific thing I want to ask Mike, because he covered week one last year, week one this year. The games went similarly. What were some similarities? What were some differences? I want to see if Mike goes, you know, I saw this last year and I saw the same thing this year and it was really obvious. Or maybe he's going to say, last year I saw this, but this year I didn't see that at all. I saw this instead. I'm I'm very interested because week one last year and this year felt very similar. Seemed like they weren't ready to play. 
seemed like they they just kind of came out and quit very early on, at least at moments. Rodgers quit at the end of the half, and then they had a little bit of life in the third quarter. But I want Mike to compare and contrast this year week one to last year week one, and then I'm just going to sit back and listen. That's the one specific thing that I want to ask Mike. Right now we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, how he's going to have to change up his approach a little bit this year. And I don't think he has to do anything superhuman. He might actually have to simplify his approach this year. He's going to do less to do more. It's very well within his control. But I don't know. Quarterbacks are stubborn, right? Quarterbacks like to play the way that they like to play. And they don't really like to get outside of that. And Rodgers is not alone in that. There's lots of quarterbacks. They like what works for them. And everyone else around them can figure it out. Because you know what? There's only like 12 to 15 really good quarterbacks in the world. So I don't necessarily blame quarterbacks for thinking that way. They don't like to change things up. They like to do things their way. And Rodgers is going to have to adapt and tweak a little bit this year. 608-796-2558. Tom is in lacrosse. What's up, Tom? Hello. I uh, just had one thing I had to Well, a couple of things. But one thing, I think I found a new uh, person, or may I say human god, to pray to. And that is Oak Heavenly Father. Oak Heavenly <laughs> with a K as in KOC. Yep, that's his new nickname. Kevin Um Yes. And I also wanted to say I have one bone to pick. I was a little bit bummed to hear you say that the last three points don't count in the game. Yeah. To my estimation, they were in the regulation time. They counted because if we're also going by that rule, even if. Like, I don't know, the game was over by the time A.J. Dillon scored, so in theory, the Vikings shut out the uh, Packers. I don't see, I don't think that was the case. <laughs> I, I think the game ended, well, now I I don't know, I have to think back. When, when it wasn't before, because you know how the Packers drove down and they got really close to that touchdown towards the end of the fourth quarter, and then he tried to fit it into the end zone, and Robert Tunyon was double-covered. It, like, I thought the game was over by that point. I think they had a moment in the third quarter where I thought, okay, Defense is getting you the ball back. If you can pull it to within seven and there's still a quarter to play, then the game is, is within hand, but then they, you know, they didn't do anything. I Look, the, the points yeah. count. Like, if you're betting the game and you're betting the side, the over, the <laughs> under, like, yes, they count. But if we're nitpicking the Packers' defense and we're, like, freaking out about how bad they looked, like, okay, whatever. They gave up a field goal at the end. I'm not going to. And I'm not going to lose. I guess that right. was more my I was point. being a little more facetious than anything else. And, but, I, and I appreciate that. Um, I do. <laughs> I I don't know. The one thing I will say, more on the Packers side, I watched more intently the Vikings just to see, like, how they would look going forward. Like, it's really interesting to me because, yeah. I don't know, like, I've never seen them run anything other than Mike Zimmer on offense or defense. Yeah. And so it was cool to, like, see, the like, a new-aged offense, a defense that looks super weird to have two edge rushers instead of just Daniel Hunter was really cool. Um, but, like, the Packers <laughs> – when I was watching them, it just felt like over and over I was watching stuff that I didn't know that could really be fixed. Like the game plan I think could be fixed. Like just stick to the run. Like you averaged more than six yards a carry. Yeah. Why would you go away from that? Yeah. Um, I thought obviously like it's more in like the mindset. Like I don't know how much scheme can fix Aaron Rodgers not wanting to throw it to Christian Watson again. Yeah, that's and that's a, that's Watson a personal that's a personal thing. Like Rogers got to figure that. Here, like guys drop balls. Like wide receivers drop passes. Like all of the, right. the Packers greats who we love, like Jordy drop pat. Jordy dropped two huge balls in the Super Bowl, and Devontae Adams dropped passes, especially early on. And then he dropped one in the end zone against the Bucks in twenty twenty. Like guys drop passes. 
right? That doesn't mean that Rodgers can't throw them the ball. That's a personal thing that he's got to work out. I, I don't know that that's game plan. That's just Rodgers. He's got to figure that one out. That's like, I just don't know how, like, it's not to say it's doomsday for the Packers. I think they'll be fine, but I think there's a legitimate chance that the Vikings have to win the division. I'm obviously guzzling purple Kool-Aid right now as we speak, but like, I just don't know how much can actually be fixed. Like, the panic, the defense not really knowing what to do. Like, I think some of that will tighten up. Yeah. But, like, if you play another elite guy, it'll be very hard. Now you have the Bears, so hopefully that's a get-right game. I would ideally yeah. hope so. And I think, I don't know, <laughs> and I, I appreciate the call, Tom, and I like the Vikings' perspective, as always, 608-796-2558. I'm looking up. God, I hate how the DraftKings website looks. Although, if DraftKings wants to sponsor the show, Wisco Sports Show, brought to you by DraftKings. Uh, it's got a pretty good, uh, don't you think so? It's got a pretty good ring. I'm trying to find division futures here. Team futures, division winner. Here we go. Division winner for the NFC North. Ooh, Minnesota Vikings are favored at plus 100. That's interesting. Packers are 125, so it's it's very close. But that's interesting. I would have thought, man, plus 100 and plus 125. I don't know if you can bet either one of those teams at that number. I don't know that I'm betting any team to win the NFC North. I'm not getting much juice from either one of those teams. Detroit plus 800 and Chicago plus 1,200. I just don't know if that's worthwhile betting. See, the, the, here, here, look at me. Grant Bills, betting analyst. Don't bet any of those numbers. <laughs> I will be the guy. I'm not going to give you my lock of the week. I'm not going to give you my bets. I will just tell you when it's not worth your time to place a wager. That is not worth your time to place a wager. Plus 100 or plus 125 on the only two teams that are capable of winning the division at this point. Now, if you wanted to bet the Lions months ago when you got a way better number than plus 800, sure. But we're to the point now, if you want to bet a division future, don't go with the NFC North because you're not getting any money. You're not getting any juice with the Vikings or the Packers, and you're going to have to tie your money up for the next five or six months. That can be my my angle as a betting guy, of which I'm, I'm not really a betting guy. This can be my niche. I will just tell you when not to bet stuff. Don't bet the NFC North at this moment. Now, if you remember, uh, on trade deadline day, I pointed out the fact that the Cardinals were plus 800 to win the NL Central. If you would have placed a nice little wager on that day, whoo, uh, you'd be you'd be not even, you wouldn't even be on your way. You've already won that money. You can spend that money. It, cash it. That check will cash right now. So there was a good bet I gave out a couple of weeks. Great bet. Plus, plus, whatever it was. It wasn't plus 800. I think it was plus 180. Sorry, I misspoke, but still a good number and basically a lock. 608-796-2558. That's talking bets uh, with, with Grant Bills. It's a personal thing with Rodgers, right? He's got to get over this trust thing. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you don't trust Christian Watson yet? Well, guess what? He's wide open. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't care if you trust him, man. He's wide open. If you go back and you look at so many of the plays, and so many clips have been tweeted now, because this is what Packers Twitter does. It's a bunch of nutcases who sit on their laptop, refresh, 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 waiting for the All-22 film to hit NFL Plus or wherever you get you know, All-22 now. You go back and you, oh, look at how open Christian Watson is on this play and that play. Watson looked great out of his breaks. He was getting open. He was available. And Rodgers really wasn't throwing him the ball. He's going to have to. Same with Dobbs. He's going to have to throw those two guys the ball. Whether he thinks it's trustworthy, whether he thinks they're going to catch it, that's secondary. You don't really have a choice. You got to throw him the ball, right? And after 
Christian Watson dropped that ball to start the game in Minnesota. Rodgers looks pissed off. He looks upset. You know what? I'm normally not one who's super critical of Aaron Rodgers' body language because he's out there competing. Like, I don't expect him to run around with a smile on his face all the time. If Christian Watson drops a pass like that, you know the best way to handle it? Laugh. Laugh about it. When Watson is coming back to the huddle, you laugh. And you say, hey, man, that's that's tough. Like, that. that I'm glad I'm not you, right? That's funny. You're going to look back at this moment, and you're going to laugh, and you move past it. It's not really how Rodgers is wired, Right? If you are a boss and you hire someone who's new and you're training them in and you're they're teaching them the ropes of your business, whether it's sales or computer programming or this, that, the other thing, and you're training an employee and the employee makes a mistake and they're like, oh, my God, I stink. You tell them, no, 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 you, you don't stink. This is how you learn. You make mistakes, right? Let's laugh at this because in a couple of months, you're going to do this job with your eyes closed. You're going to you're going to grow into this so easily, right? Yelling and scowling and putting more pressure on these young wide receivers is is not the way to go about this. You think they don't feel the pressure? You don't think Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs already feel the stakes and feel the pressure of what's going on in Green Bay? They get it. You don't need to apply extra pressure on these guys. They're feeling plenty already. If Watson drops a pass like that again, laugh because it's funny. Laugh. Don't be so serious. Laugh about it. Come back to the huddle and run it again. Right? You can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. Learn that from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Two great realtors, Vic Vinegar and Hugh Honey. One of the best episodes. You catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. You grow chemistry with your receivers using honey, not vinegar. Christian Watson drops a pass, laugh. Because scowling about it and getting angry about it is not going to help. Now, if it's in the playoff game and your guy drops a pass, well, you know, then you maybe get angry about that. Because that's in the end game. But then again, Devontae Adams dropped a huge ball in the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago. Rodgers still, zoop, 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 still force-feeding him the ball, right? Rodgers is going to have to change up his MO a little bit this year. He's going to have to play within structure, and he's going to have to throw to guys, even if he doesn't fully trust them. And I know that's hard, but he doesn't really have a choice. It's kind of what he has to do. Let's take a break. We'll get an update from Mike Clements. Come back and hear a little bit from Aaron Rodgers himself, who was on the Pat McAfee Show earlier today. Wisco Sports Show, back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Vikings, was Minnesota able to dominate the Packers' offense with those four quarterback sacks, a forced fumble, and an interception? Packers rookie receiver, Romeo Dobbs. I mean, if you say so, then yes. Uh, Again, we were just trying to figure out ways to um, bounce back and just be able to, uh, you know, be the dynamic offense that we are. But, you know, some things just won't go the way how you expect them. So it's just, again, that's the point of uh, progression on my end and just being a player, being a person, and just stacking days moving forward. Dobbs actually led the Packers receivers with four catches for 37 yards and was asked what was the message after the game from the coaches and the veteran players. Uh, the biggest message we got from this was just, you know, we got 17 weeks of football. Uh, I personally feel that this team is probably one of the better teams that I've, you know, saw on TV or been around. So, again, it's just being able to progress and, you know, Stack days, just moving forward. It, it gets repetitive every time. So, 
Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. I would say that we didn't play our best. That's how I, because I think our guys did show up. We just didn't execute. And all you got to do is, is look at the end of the game, how our guys were still competing, you know, and playing hard. And so that, to me, is encouraging. So there's a lot we got to clean up, obviously. And it, it starts with how we go out there and practice. That's Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens. Best I'm Mike Packers Clemens. coverage. Thank you, Mike. He'll join us live at 5.30. Very excited to get his first-hand account of what he saw at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday. Packers losing to the Vikings 23-7. We're chit-chatting a little bit about last night's Monday Night Football game as well. The Seahawks spoiling Russell Wilson's return to Seattle 17-16. Bummer. I mean, you hate to see it. I almost didn't sleep last night. I was... So bummed out about it. 608-796-2558. You can call and text the show. You can tweet me at Wisco Grant. couple of Aaron Rodgers things that I wanted to play you. He joined Pat McAfee earlier today. And I find that his Pat McAfee conversations are a little bit more interesting, a little bit more instructive than his post-game pressers. His post-game pressers are always the same, right? Hey, we shot ourselves in the foot and we had a bad week of preparation and I need to be better, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I, like, I don't even blame him. Like when you get home from work at five o'clock, do you want to give your significant other a detailed, enthusiastic account of how work was? No, you just want to sit down. I, I need a sec. Just let me get a glass of water, eat a snack, you know, sit down, just have five minutes. You know, so I don't blame players in post game press conferences. We don't always get the most interesting, juicy comments. Today on Pat McAfee, he talked about, for example, the Christian Watson play to open the game. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say to, to Christian after that one. That was obviously, uh, you know, a great route by him. And I was teasing Pat P after the game how we got him on the first play. And he, you know, he said, I wasn't quite warmed up yet. You know, that's, that was, I like the call. We talked about it basically from Thursday on, starting the game with that play. And, you know, I, in so many words, unless the coverage was something else, I expected the ball to go to Christian. And so we talked about uh, that and the type of route he wanted to run. And, in fact, he could score on his first play as a Packer. Uh, so there's a lot of things that kind of lined up there really nice. But, uh, but look, there's not much to say there. You know, drops are going to happen. They suck more when it's a one that would have been a walk-in touchdown. But the ones that are most frustrating are the mental mistakes, and we made way too many of those on Sunday, and that's what we got to clean up. There's going to be drops. You hope not for a touchdown again, but, or at least not a bomb touchdown. But uh but it's the mental mistakes we really got to clear up. There was a lot from a lot of people. Okay, mental mistake, mental, 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 mental. So many mental mistakes. Keep hearing about mental mistakes. And I'm glad A.J. Hawk interjects. He says, whoa, whoa, can you, hey, tell us about some of these mental uh, Open up the, open our eyes a little bit. What, what specifically are you talking about? What do you mean? Uh, What's the, yeah, can you yeah. give examples for people that don't know what that means? And is this what you were mother about on the bench? Well, I think it goes into the why, which is the most important thing in football and often in life. It's understanding the why. Here we go. So we have a play, right? And you you install it and you talk about it. That's paper football, right? To go into it, the next level before you get onto the field is the the understand the concept of why. What are we trying to accomplish with this play, and how does that affect my specific role on that play? That is the why part why we're running this play. So it might be because of certain coverage. It might be because of certain matchup. It might be because of a certain adjustment you're expected to run on a certain play. I mean, that's what we just need to clean up a little bit. 
um, just the why parts. We can't have a bunch of uh, you know robotic things going on out there. We need guys to be able to react in real time and and to make adjustments on the fly. And some of that is you know experience for sure, and some of that is just is in the preparation. It's not just understanding what you need to do but why you need to do what you're doing and then what to expect, which will change what is drawn on the paper to what actually needs to show up in live time in the game. Uh, what? Huh? I, I just got lost in that. No wonder these wide receivers take forever. It's like, well, you need to learn the play, but then you need to learn the why, and then that will, that, 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 that will help you once you get on the field understand when you need to just change the play and do something else. It's like, wait, wait a minute. I, I don't want that. I don't, I don't want to be freelancing in the middle of the play. That seems poor. That, that seems like it, it won't work. He says, we understand the why, and it's about the people, and the people are the foundation of the, whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's great in theory to understand the why. You want to understand why you're doing what you're doing. I just don't love the idea that once these wide receivers understand the why, then they know when to freelance and to adjust and to just go on a whim and run left instead of right. I don't, I don't like that. That's a, that doesn't sound good. I I don't agree with that. Also, I've just I've listened to that answer. I'm like, wait, wait a minute, what? What kind of mental mistakes? Well, you know, AJ Hawk, my good buddy. It starts with the why. Starts with the why. It all comes down to the why. That's the greatest question in football: is the why. It sounds like a Seinfeld bit, actually. Did you tell her about the why? I told her about the why. She knows about the why. The why is all we discussed. It's about the why. Doesn't this sound like a Seinfeld thing? Probably because I'm saying it in a Seinfeld voice. Hey, coming up on the other side, I see the phones are ringing. I'm sorry. I wanted to play those two Rodgers clips because I have this tendency as a host to say I'm going to play clips and then I just don't play them and they keep getting pushed back and pushed back and then they, they never get played. So I see the phone ringing. Yes, keep calling in two minutes. I will get to you and we'll talk more Aaron Rodgers. If you want to talk about Monday Night Football last night, we can do that as well. And remember, Mike Clements joins us. Boots on the ground. He was in Minneapolis on Sunday. We'll talk to him at 5.30. Wisco Sports Show back in two minutes. Cousins over the middle. How is he that wide open? Jefferson again inside the 10, lunging for the end zone. Touchdown. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Wisco Sports Show country, let's ride. Today we are talking about the Packers Vikings, still breaking that down. We did have a little Badgers talk. We're talking Graham Mertz about 40 minutes or so ago. A rare Badgers talk sighting on the Wisco Sports Show. Mike in Windsor. I had to. He brought up Graham Mertz. I did watch the Badgers game. I do think about them. We only got two hours every night, though. I don't need to dedicate a whole lot of time to that team. Kenny and Heilprin, now they'll get they'll get to it. They got it coming up at six. I did talk a little bit about Graham Mertz. Mostly been talking about Rodgers and how he just needs to tweak. He needs to approach this season differently and play this season differently than he's ever played before. And the way I'm thinking about it, remember when you were in school 
And you'd always have that teacher say, hey, the way you're doing this, the way you're studying, the way you're going about your business, that's not going to fly in my class. You have to bring it up a level. Or what you're doing now, that's not going to fly when you get to high school, when you get to college, when you get to grad school. You're going to need to level up. You're going to need to change the way you do things. I think Rodgers needs to change the way that he's done things for a while because he's always had elite wide receivers around him. Or he's just been so good that it hasn't mattered. Or he's had Devontae Adams as his security blanket. He has none of those things. Now, he's still very good, but he doesn't have the physical speed and the tangibles that he used to to bail himself out of situations. He's got to play a different brand of football this year. So that's what we've been talking about so far. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I very much enjoyed watching Russell Wilson lose and the Seahawks prevail over the Denver Broncos last night. And the ending was just bananas. What happened with our guy, old friend, Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, who admitted today in his presser, yeah, probably should have went for it. I just think everything happened so fast. First time head coach, deer in the headlights, and he was just standing there thinking, oh my God, what did I just do? Which it seems like after listening to him today, that's basically how it went down. It happened so fast, he made the decision and then realized, I probably would do that differently, if given the chance. 608-796-2558. Ryan is in on Alaska. What's up, Ryan? Grant, I just want to thank you. Yes? I'm here. Hello? I got you. Hello. Sorry, I cut you off. What's up? Oh, there, there we go. Um, I just wanted to thank you for once again bringing up how uh, this is one of the few times I'll agree with Dave from Monona, but uh, when it comes to picking backup offensive linemen, he yeah. is Matt LaFlunk. Oh, yeah. He. This is the way I think about it. He'd be a terrible baseball manager. Like, if he had to set a lineup every day, he just he's always picking the wrong guy. I don't know what it is, which he's got Adam Stenovich, who is by all accounts, one of the best offensive line coaches and managers in the league. You'd think he'd have all the resources to make these correct decisions on which linemen to start. And it just, right. it doesn't seem to go well, whether it's Dennis Kelly or Jake Hansen instead of Zach Tom, it's, it's always the wrong guy. Man. Yeah, I was, I was watching. There's a, there's a YouTube channel that I really like who does kind of Packers news analysis and kind of update stuff. His name is Viserysty Productions, and you should definitely oh, yeah. check him out if you haven't. You might already know who he is. But, yeah, he likes to go over, like, the PFF grades for uh, players. And PFF, it, it, it sometimes, you know, people take it as you will. Uh, people have discrepancies about how they look at it. But, uh the, I think it was pass blocking. Jake Hansen had a 14.4 grade, which those of you who aren't familiar with PFF grades, Doesn't sound that's good. about as bad as you could possibly be. 14.4 does not sound good. Yes, I would I would tend to agree. It, no. it looked worse than that. It looked worse than that grade. And I do look at PFF grades. It looked even worse than that. Right. And then so conversely... While that may, yeah, that was pass blocking. Yash Nyman, on the other hand, 90.6. Good lineman. He's a good lineman. Blocking. He's a good lineman. And I, I look, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they went Hanson over Tom because they thought, well, in two weeks when we have Jenkins and Bakhtiari back, we'll slide him in this way. And maybe they're thinking ahead. I, I don't know. But I always hear we want our best five out there. I don't think that was their best five. It absolutely wasn't. I, I still don't really trust Royce Newman at right tackle. He's still kind of leaky at guard as as well. I would rather have, uh, uh, well, hopefully if, if Runyon can get out of con- concussion protocol, slide him back at left guard, and for the moment I'd put Zach Tom at right guard and Caleb Jones at right tackle or Rasheed Walker at right tackle. 
Rasheed Walker looked really good in the preseason, but so did Caleb Jones. Yeah, and Walker's just huge. So even if he's not playing well, it's just a bigger man for the defender to run around. That's my basic way of thinking about this. You want to know something? See, we're talking about the offensive line, Ryan. I want to, I want to share this with you and get your thoughts while you're here. Rodgers was yeah. pressured on 28% of his dropbacks on Sunday. 28%. The last two years, both of his MVP seasons, he was pressured about 26% of the time. He actually wasn't pressured that poorly on Sunday. I just think he handled it terribly. And the offense as a whole handled it terribly. I wasn't, it wasn't just him. The offensive line wasn't great. But you know what? He wasn't pressured on a ridiculous amount of his dropbacks, at least relative to the last two years, when he was really, really successful. That's absolutely right. We saw so much of him holding the ball like it was 2008 all, all over again. Yeah. He, he just was waiting and waiting, and I don't know what he's looking for. And sometimes it's it's a little bit of this Brett Farvian syndrome on not being able to let go of a play and just trying to hit a home run. Just take what the defense gives you. He's just been... He's, he's been very impatient with himself and with other players, I think, at times. Whether or not he is consciously, outwardly admitting that to himself or others, it kind of bears out. You were just playing those Pat Maxey clips. He was going into the whole, this long, extended kind of psychoanalysis of the why and how important that is for plays, like getting into the, into the game plan. And that's well, it's a legitimate thing. I followed it. Um, yeah, I can but, totally see why I can totally see why you got lost in there. Yeah, but maybe like maybe not now. Like I get what he's saying, but these guys are what twenty one years old. They're they're rookies. They're playing in their first couple of games. Can we maybe can we work that in? You know, later. Like maybe make that a part of the game later when the, when they feel comfortable yeah. out there and and they get a handle on all these things. Yeah, I I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Watson, Watson and Dobbs haven't exactly paid a visit to the grandmother spirit yet while no. on ayahuasca, so uh, they're not going to be able to have the same kind of deep, like, kind of, I, I guess I don't want to say, like, like hippie trance way of looking at it, but uh, I see what he was trying to get at. Yeah, it, it was just a very, he was trying to explain, like, I think just something peripherally surrounding what A.J. Hawk was asking him. Yeah, I, I think what A.J. Hawk was asking me, and I appreciate the call, Ryan, as always, and sorry to make you wait on hold. I Thank you for sitting over the break. 608-796-2558. That's our friend Ryan in Alaska. I think what A.J. Hawk was looking for, it's like, okay, you mean mental mistakes, like were guys missing blocks or like running the wrong route or lining up in the wrong spot, and Rodgers went on this long rant about the why, and I'm like, hey, I don't know if, you lost to the Vikings and played poorly on offense because your players didn't understand the why. I, I think that happened because guys were lining up in the wrong spot or they weren't looking for the ball or Rodgers who weren't throwing to the right guy. Like, there are concrete, real things in football. And, and I think maybe as, as Rodgers has gone on this podcast binge with these high-level thinkers like Joe Rogan and Bill Maher and uh, Aubrey Marcus, and you get in these deep conversations about things and you're not really sure what you're talking about anymore and you're rambling, but it's fun to convert. It's like, okay, it's great. It's great to talk about big overarching concepts. Like what is truth and what is love and the masculine versus the feminine. It's like, that's all great. Uh, but did like Christian Watson run it out when he was supposed to run a hitch? Like that's more what I'm getting at here, Aaron. We can just describe the game in, you know, in mortal terms. I know I have not ascended to the, the fourth dimension, via use of psychedelics. 
maybe if I do that, then I will understand why the offense only scored seven points. David Monona, 608-796-2558. What's up, Dave? Maximum and feminine. Yeah, that, that's uh, yep, that's you. I mean, I, I, I have to agree. We, we agree on something. Feminine side. That's you okay. can't, you can't hey, hold that. You can't hold that against me. Wait, wait, wait a minute. But that was something that Rogers and his buddy Aubrey Marcus were talking about: the masculine versus the feminine. You can't make that a and me you, thing. That's not me. But, but you brought it up, so I, you know, I, 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 can't, I can't, I can't yell at Rogers. Hey, by the way, Ryan, I'm never wrong. It's as soon as you realize <laughs> that, I go shoot. Now, three, three things from, from I didn't talk about yesterday. One, I'm telling you. This team is going as long as we got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, we're not going anywhere. I'm to the I'm to the point where get rid of his ass, eat the money. He he can join Pickle Yellish <sighs> on some island in the in the Pacific because he doesn't change. It's the same crapola every year. He's waiting for Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, who are two slowest black guys. They're slow. Okay. They're not getting okay. they're, they're not getting open. Sammy Watkins, they're not getting open. He, he's not going to change. And how many times does he change the play until Matt LaFlung says, hey, Aaron, this is it. I'm calling the game. Either you stop, knock it off. Or, I mean, this will never happen. But I, if, if, otherwise, see ya. You know, I mean, the guys, we're going to have the same result in January. And, every, and after the loss, what are we going to hear? Well, I should have had my team better prepared. Well, we didn't come ready to play. And I, that's ridiculous. Anytime a coach says that, they should be fired on the spot. I don't want to hear an employee of mine saying, well, you know, I don't think I was prepared and ready to go during that business meeting. Guess what? You're fired. Next man in, you know? Yeah. You come prepared. Next man in. But I, I know it's different in the, the football world. They, they get their spoiled little brats. You know, a lot of meat, a lot of meat, their root beer, pizza, and, and barbecue. That's incredible. But. But no, but, 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 but those two issues, people are making excuses. These are, these are not young people. These are 22-year-old men who play football. That's pretty young. So they walked into the Viking Stadium. The stadium's loud. Guess what? You're getting paid millions of dollars. If you can't focus, then get the hell out. But no, I finally, I'm on the bandwagon now. Aaron Rodgers gone. Ryan, Ryan Love would have pulled the ball down. He would have ran. And at least he would have hit um, those two young receivers. And we're looking for him. So the sure. best thing to happen for Packer fans, the best thing for Packer fans is, is Rogers gets knocked gets knocked out in six to eight weeks. Okay, and well, then see you later. That's not true. Okay, well, first one thing, they're not going to get rid of Aaron. Yeah. That would be stupid. But I, I see I what you're saying because oh, no, I, I would be dumb. I, 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 I was ahead. I was a little frustrated because after this game, I thought, oh, so this is the same as last year. We're just doing what we did last year all over again, right? Week one, we stink. Yep. We're hearing the same things. It, it seemed we're reliving history. And history for the last couple yep. of years, yeah, a lot of regular season wins. But I, I kind of know what the end game is, and it's a frustrating loss in the playoffs to a team that's just a little bit better. I, I'm not saying we should get rid of Rodgers, but I, I do get where you're coming from in that, oh, we're doing this again. This feels the same, and the same has not been good enough in the because last couple of years. Because nothing changes, man. Because Matt LaFlunk is a scared to death. He's seen what Rodgers did to McCarthy. He's afraid to do Only won 13 games the last three years. No, Matt LaFlunk won nothing. Because well, what, what do you always see after we lost? Oh, uh, we got to do better. I got to look at the film. I, I didn't have my men prepared. Why? I mean, nobody will ask him, well, what do you mean you didn't have your guys prepared? I mean, what the hell are you doing? But everybody makes excuses. Well, that's your generation. You guys are all young, and you're making, you're making excuses for people. 
Hell, if we did, if we, if we did that back in my day, you'd have, you'd have your foot up your ass out the door and next man in. Yeah. You came prepared. You came prepared. You act like a responsible. You showed up 10 minutes early. You were late. But, you know, that's that's your generation. Hand out and lollipops and limousines. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Uh, I appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, if your generation was wired that way, we uh, never would have won World War II. We'd all be speaking German or Span. Sp- what was the the other war? We'd be speaking Spanish if not for the was it the Spanish Inquisition or the the defeat of the Spanish Armada or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Your generation's the greatest generation, yeah, for sure, Dave. Six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. Mike from Chippewa Falls says Dave from Monona is so dumb that last Christmas his wife bought him a toy poodle and he killed it putting in the batteries. What? <laughs> I've never heard that one before. Uh, that is funny. I appreciate that, Mike. Thank you. 608-796-2558. Let's take one more call. And then I have some positive Packer stats coming up after the next break. I have some stats that'll make you feel good about the Packers' chances moving forward despite a really tough game in Minnesota on Sunday. Dan is in Broadhead. Let's talk to Dan before we take a break. What's up, Dan? Oh, you know, uh, not too much. How are you doing, Grant? I'm sure you uh, might not want to hear my phone call coming through today. You know, you can't drag me down. My guy Russell Wilson took a tough loss last night, and everyone did a collective victory lap on him. I, I I I feel great because of that. My teams are almost secondary today. It's not about me. It's about what's true and just, and that was Russell Wilson losing in his return to Seattle. So I'm I'm having an awesome day, Dan. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I did like seeing that. Yeah, I did like seeing that. But just a few minutes ago, I heard you say something about uh, it during the postseason. You get beat by a team that's just a little bit better than you guys. Yes, and that would probably be what the, the 49ers and the bears just beat the 49ers. Does that mean the bears are better than the Packers? I don't mean Dan to, to be, I don't mean to rain on your parade. This is not what I'm trying to do here. I want to ask you objectively as a Chicago fan, whether or not you think a game that's played in conditions like that means anything. Like what, what do you make of that game? Try to be as objective as you can in those conditions. Like what, what are you taking away from that game? Uh, the only thing that I can take away for the Bears is that they didn't hang their heads and say, well, we're just going to get our asses handed to us. True. And let's just take the lumps all season. Uh, most fans would say, well, you know, that shows my team can play in the dirt and in the mud and the rain, and they're built for that kind of weather. Mm-hmm. Just like the Packers fans would do if, if this was a game that the Packers played against the Niners the fans would be saying the same thing. Well, that's the kind of football we play, toughing in the trenches and, and wetness doesn't matter. We come through and we prevail. But, yes, in the end, it was a tough game to play. It was a tough game to watch, especially the first half. But uh, in the end, it all came through and the rain gods came down when we had the lead. And it's just a lucky a lucky W for the Bears. But I wanted to ask you yesterday, if, if that did you count that as one of your Bears wins for this season? I don't know. So I did. I who did I bet with? Did we bet? I feel like I made a bet with a Bears fan. You'll have to remind me. And I don't. Well, we yeah. we tried to bet. I, I tried to bet you a case of PBR. Oh, uh, that they would win. Right. That they would. If you said they would win six, I would say eight. But then you called me on a push, and I said, "Well, I'm not going nine. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go nine. I'd still say under six and a half. I don't know about six, seven, somewhere well, in there. I'd bet. I bet some PBR. Well, no, yeah. Now I'll take it. Well, I mean, I got one win under my belt. I'll still throw that PBR bet out there, and 
And if the mayor from Orfordville wants to throw his bet out there, like I said, I'll I'll come collect my drinks at uh, at uh, Stables or whatever that bar is that they all hang out at. Yeah, uh, let's get a third team involved in this. I like this. I, I will speak with the mayor over the talk and text line. I'll try to get him to text in, uh, and, and we can get a third team involved. Yeah, I, I mean, your Bears are going to be riding high. They should be feeling good, confident with a new coach, confident with Justin Fields in his second year. I still don't know if they're any good, but I'd certainly prefer the vibes and the confidence that they have now to the opposite. So I think that's what I would take away from the Bears game, and I think you should, you know, I mean, what's the line for this weekend? I haven't checked. Like, Bears primetime and Lambeau haven't fared very well, but... They're going to have juice, and that's more than you could say, you know, I think two weeks ago. Yes, absolutely. And just the, the first half showed what the Bears really looked like, but the second half showed that uh, they can make adjustments and use Justin Fields to their advantage. Yeah, I think so as well. I appreciate the call, Dan. i got to take a break, but it was nice to chat. All righty, as always, Grant, good to talk. Dan is in Broadhead over towards uh, Orfordville. Him and the mayor probably bump into each other. At the uh, at the pub from time to time. 608-796-2558. Appreciate the calls, gentlemen. We're going to come back, and I have some positive Packer stats to share with you before we get to Mike Clemens at 530. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. Mike Clemens joining us in a few minutes. He was at the game on Sunday. He'll give us the inside scoop. What he saw and what he heard. I'm curious to ask him if there are any differences or similarities that he noticed from last year week one to this year week one. Maybe he'll be able to provide us with a nice piece of the puzzle why this keeps happening. Get a text here from Zach and Eau Claire says, Grant, I'm genuinely curious where your hate for Russell Wilson comes from. Ah, hate is a strong word. It's sports. But I continue. I know he's hokey and likes to put on that seemingly fake front. Maybe he's just a genuinely nice guy who also happened to lose a Rose Bowl for the Badgers. Personally, I was cheering for the Broncos to kick the teeth in of that swarmy, cheating, gum-chewing Pete Carroll team last night. And on the day Seattle finally does fire him, he will probably end up leaving another scandal in his wake like he did when he dipped out on USC. Why do I not like Russell Wilson? Well, first of all, he beat my Packers a couple of times when he absolutely shouldn't. In 2014, he had no business winning that game, and he did. Uh, He had no business beating the Packers in 2013 on the fail Mary, lest I remind you all. Wasn't just Pete Carroll who coached those teams and acted like, well, you know, a little bit of a tool. Uh, Russell Wilson was at the helm. Another reason that I don't like Russell Wilson, he beat out my boy Matt Flynn. He robbed Matt Flynn of the opportunity to have his own team. And I don't like that. Uh, Russell Wilson, for years, has seemed so obsessed about being the nice guy and saying the right thing when behind the scenes, I think he's just like every other quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is melodramatic and passive aggressive, as is Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a little bit better at hiding it, but he is that way, as is Aaron Rodgers, as are all these quarterbacks, because they're nuts. They have to be. They're one of 10 or 12 guys in the world who do what they do, and they're one of 10 or 12 of the best of all time. Speaking of Rodgers and Brady, Russell Wilson has never been on the same level as some of his elite peers over the last decade. I continue, why do I not like Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson has been obsessed with being 
that guy on camera and oh no i love seattle and i never want to leave you know but if i do i'd kind of like to go here okay well if you want out man just say it if you're unhappy just say it if you want to go somewhere else just say it say what you mean and mean what you say i don't like phony russell wilson is phony he's also weird very weird and only getting weirder much weirder by the day every video he posts every picture that he's in every highlight on the tv i see it's just weird it makes me uncomfortable it gives me the heebie-jeebies i don't like it i don't like it okay zach and i never have and three years ago because the show has been on since 2018 i said i don't like russell wilson and a lot of you texted grill why don't you like him he was a badger he's a great quarterback i said no he's not a great quarterback he won a super bowl that had nothing to do with him. It was one on the shoulders of the special teams and the defense and the Legion of Boom. And Pete Carroll, who now apparently Russell Wilson has a problem with. Russell Wilson doesn't like Pete Carroll. He should be thanking Pete Carroll every chance he gets for winning him that early Super Bowl. Russell Wilson then went to another Super Bowl through the game-ending interception, and we don't blame him at all. At all. Russell Wilson cost his team a Super Bowl by throwing an interception, and who do we blame? We blame Pete Carroll. Find me another quarterback in the NFL that could throw that pick and completely and totally escape any and all blame for years and years and years. Up until this point, we don't blame Russell Wilson. Oh, dumb Pete Carroll didn't run the ball. Actually, talk to a football coach about how that play went down. Down and distance, timeouts, clock remaining. It actually made a lot of sense based on the defense that was there. Now, it didn't work. It was the one in a million set of circumstances where it didn't work. But the theory was there. And yet, we don't blame Russell Wilson, who threw the pick. We've been the coach. Do you ever notice all the Seahawks players that were taking a victory lap on Russ last night and saying, ah, you lost, funny. Go look at the tweets. There's a bunch of them. Bunch of former Seahawks being bold. Doug Baldwin, Richard Sherman. That's because all those players on the Seahawks felt robbed. Felt robbed in that Super Bowl that Russell Wilson lost it for him and yet didn't get any blame. It was everyone else's fault because it's never Russell Wilson's fault. It's always someone else's. Why do I not like Russell Wilson? Why do you like him? It's not, a, it's not like a personal hate thing. This is a sports thing. It's not real life. Sports aren't real life. You guys got to remember that, okay? This isn't real life. As a sports figure, I do not cheer for Russell Wilson. And it's funny. It seems like every week more people come to my side of the aisle. There's plenty of room over here, folks. Late arrivals, that's fine. Come on over. Just fine. Happy to have you. Happy to have you on the team. Dan in Broadhead. Russ left his high school sweetheart to chase that hot Sierra. Dirtbag. Wow, well, I didn't say it, but you heard it. Dan and Broadhead's words, not mine. Don't aggregate this. No, 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 don't hold those words against me. But if Dan wants to, you know, present that evidence to the jury, I won't I won't stand in his way. Why don't I like Russell Wilson? You know why? Because I'm a Packer fan, and his team has gotten the best of my team for years. I don't have to be rational about this. I don't have to explain myself. Why do you like Russell Wilson? I don't care that he was a Badger. I don't care. You don't use a Badger transfer. You mean Badger transfer, Russell Wilson? If he was a true Badger, he would have came to Wisconsin in the first place. How does that sound? Why do I like Russell Wilson? Why Why do you like him? What reason do you have to like this guy? <sighs> He's the enemy. He is our enemy. Has been for years. Same with Tom Brady. Same with Dak Prescott. All these guys. I'm not in the business of cheering for other guys. This is called the Wisco Sports Show. And unlike a lot of sports hosts in this state, you know, I'm from here, and that's not a shot at Ben Kenny. I love Ben Kenny. That was a shot at other radio hosts, not Ben Kenny. I want to make that abundantly clear. I love Ben. Ben's show is great. There's a lot of hosts in this state, you know, don't have any skin in the game. They don't cheer for our teams. You know, they're just chasing check, or they like being on the radio because it's cool. I should take a break. We'll be back in five minutes. We're going to talk with Mike Clements, who was at the game on Sunday, and I very much 
want to hear about the vibes and what he saw. Basically, a carbon copy of what happened a year ago, and I'm hoping Mike can help us put the pieces together. Mike Clemens will join us next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Mike Lock and one. Pressure up the middle. Rodgers in trouble, and he is sacked. It's the X Packers at Arius Smith. Some young guys played the first game. A lot to clean up. Is it hard to play quarterback when you're kind of unsettled back there? Nah. I've been unsettled for a long time. A lot of different games. We'll clean it up. It sucks. Tough feeling. But they're, good. they're a good team, for sure. They're not going to be a three or four win team. That's going to be a team that we're going to be contending with in this division. And we got to turn around, head home, Sunday night football against a 1-0 team. Probably riding pretty high. And we got to have a better performance. Unsettled for a long time. It's a pretty awesome quote. This is the Wisco Sports Show. Mike Clemens joining us. He was at the game. He was seeing the sights, feeling the vibes. Mike, I am uh, I'm thrilled to have you here because I'm just I'm yearning for some detail about what went down at U.S. Bank on Sunday. I think it's Aaron Rodgers saying, you know, since I lost Bakhtiari and now you guys don't have Billy Turner here, he missed half the season and all that. Um, I I have children in front of me yeah. on the offensive line. Well, it's really, really and, since they cut Jake Kumaro, he's probably been unsettled, let's be honest here. Uh, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> um, so, uh, whatever. Um, let me let me zip through some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, is it, you know, the Packers uh, lost in the playoffs to the Buccaneers and decided not to bring back Mike Pettin. And of mm-hmm. all the teams he goes to, he goes across the Mississippi River and is today the assistant head coach of the Minnesota Vikings and defensive consultant. And they bring in, you know, a longtime guy, uh, you know, the defensive coordinator of 4th and 26 for Mike Sherman Love at it. Donatel, who's now 65 years old, and a guy who is now switched to a 3-4 defense and whatnot. And then it continues with Zadarius Smith when he... Jacks up his back, you know, bulging disc, lifting weights, uh, and then the Packers say, you know what, we think we can get this solved in the training room. He seeks a second opinion. His agent hooks him up with a, you know, one of the leading surgeons in L.A., a guy who did Rob Gronkowski and extended his career, and Zadari said, I'm going to go with that. Well, apparently the Packers weren't happy about that. They thought he should have just stuck with their training uh, advice. Nevertheless, he did get back in time for the 49ers game. Feels he's extended his career. At that time, the Packers decided we're not going to pay $15 million for a guy with that injury and who really didn't follow what we said, so we're, we're going to release him. Well, he's a huge personality, but, may, you know, my sense was maybe that he had worn out that locker room as a leader, whatever. Yeah. Now he's a leader, though, on the Vikings, and he sparks. And then in that big game, you know, he's leading the charge. They went after Aaron Rodgers. Mike Zimmer had gotten to a point where it's like, I don't want to blitz Rodgers because he burns me every time. Well, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a Devontae Adams safety valve yeah. working for him right now. He's, you know, he's working with a new cast of characters. So Zadarius Smith was talking to reporters after the game, just celebrating. The buzz for the Vikings was huge, huge Sunday night from the ownership on down, and Zadarius was talking about that play where they tried to run that little uh, Romeo Dobbs and reverse, and Rogers, Aaron Rodgers is out there trying to <laughs> semi-blocking 
Zadarius Smith. This is Zadarius after the game. If you don't know, the cameras caught you after Aaron tried to block you and you guys stood up. Did you talk about that moment a little bit? <laughs> the cameras are right on you guys. You know what? I was telling him he's not a blocker. Stay, be a quarterback. That's what you want. Um, he tried to block me. I think it was a reverse. Yeah, on the reverse, man, and I got a good chance to get a lick on him. But it's all good, man. It's still football. We're just having fun with it, man. Any words exchanged on that first sack with him? Uh, with Aaron? Yeah. No, I just wanted to do my dog crawl. I haven't done it in a while. You know, uh, I had a chance to not play as much last year, but to get an opportunity to come back on the field is a blessing because six months ago I thought football was over with for me. So to have this opportunity and have my coaches come here like Mike, and uh, Pitt and great guys, man, and uh, Quasi for giving me the opportunity and the owners, man. They love me here. So I'm just happy and excited to be here, and I just can't wait. You know, Mike, everything I read about Zedaria Smith is he's angry. He's out for blood. He's pissed off at the Packers, and Ty Dunn put that piece out. It's like, man, Zedaria is angry. And then I listen to the sound bites. It's like it actually seems like he just, you know, we wanted a chance to compete. The Vikings wanted him, and he's having fun. I just, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe, well, I don't think we're trying to create storylines with Darius Smith, but he just seems like he's enjoying things and he's having fun. I don't know if this is some Rambo out for blood type of situation. No, well, no, it's the, but it's the competitor. Yeah, it's no different than Brett Favre that said, "Fine, you want to move on? Fine, you you drafted Rashawn Gary while you had me. Fine, okay. Well, then I'm going to go play for a team that's going to meet you twice a year, and I don't want to play for the Lions, and I'm not sure about the Bears." But I like Minneapolis. Yeah, I, I could do that. And I can play Green Bay twice a year. It's the exact same story. Exact same story. So then you bring up the question on the show today about what the heck is the difference between the outcome for the Packers from this year and last year losing, what was it, 34-31 yeah. in a tight ball game at U.S. Bank Stadium. Well, the, the answer to the question was last year you had a chance of winning. Last yeah. year you were in the game. You, you 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 felt the shockwaves though of losing your left tackle Elton Jenkins with a torn ACL. Oh, that was huge. Uh, and you know the Vikings were on a roll and they were at home. They used that facility as well as anybody with the sound effects and the way they got that crowd. It's taken them five years to get that act down, and it's working now for them. It's a tough place to play. It's a tough place to work. And and the the difference is this time Justin Jefferson. Had like 169 yards and two touchdowns last year. He had that by halftime. He dominated you because he's got a coach who was, you know, the offensive coordinator of the team that just won the Super Bowl and Kevin O'Connell who knows exactly how to attack Joe Barry's defense. And so Justin Jefferson was said, how come nobody on the Packers could cover him? Like when he's running wide open in the middle of the in the middle of the field and picks up 64 yards. You talking about the wide open one? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really preparation. Uh, us running it, the play in practice all week, it left me wide open. So I mean, we'll take the game, get some extra yards. And... Were you surprised how open you were? So <laughs> uh, kind of. Um, uh, when I caught the ball, I was definitely looking for somebody to be there. Uh, but I mean. <laughs> You'll take it, just like I said. You did. You, after you caught it, it looked like you took a second. Yeah, I, I, was, I was thinking somebody's about to come behind me and, and tag me. I thought uh, Jair kind of ran with me, but uh, he wasn't there. So 
uh, it kind of, you know, shook me up a little bit, and uh, I'm glad I got an end zone right there. I mean, that's that's the thing that I like about our offense. Uh, I mean, we move, we move so much. We, we we have so many players on our offense. You can't really stick with one player, uh, and that's what I kind of like about our our offense, our guys that's that's here. And uh, we just got to keep going, keep keep getting better. You know, Mike, I had a lot of angry Packers fans, and you know, I'm not happy about the game either. But talking with listeners the last two days, saying, "Oh, Joe Barry did this wrong, and they lined up. They should have done this and that." It's you know what. Justin Jefferson is really good and it's really hard to oh, play yeah. defense in the NFL. And I think as, as much as it was scheme and who was covering who these, I don't think these guys were ready for it. I think they got caught napping a little bit. I think they kind of maybe were a little dazed coming into the game. And we learned really quickly that Justin Jefferson is a really, really amazing wide receiver. I don't know if that was scheme. I just, they didn't execute and he made him pay big time. And, you know, the face of the franchise for Green Bay going on 30 years now has been two quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. But uh, when you go to different teams, when I was in Atlanta four years ago, it it wasn't Matt Ryan. It was Julio Jones. He was on the cover of the media guide. He's on the big sign when you go into Flowery Branch, their facility. When you go to Minnesota, it's not Kirk Cousins. It was Adam Thielen. But he's now been replaced by 18. Yeah. That kid right there is now the face of the franchise, and he's not, and he's as humble as can be, because eight months ago I'm on the floor of Radio Row at, with the Bill Michaels show uh, at the Super Bowl, and there's a guy walking around, and he said, "Oh, y'all from Wisconsin? Yeah, ah, Justin Jefferson." And we're looking at each other because you know we yeah. to, we got a folding chair, and yeah. two folding chairs, and our radio equipment. It's like. Yeah, come on, sit down. Yeah. Nicest guys can be. And it's also a guy that I think, as an owner, Ziggy Wolf, could probably take out the dinner and say, okay, tell me what's really going on. Yeah. And he's going to tell you, you know what, it's, Zim, is, it's passed him by. He's fried. Yeah. He, he's lost these guys. And you make smart moves like they just did in getting another Sean McVay guy, another, you know, a Matt LaFleur clone over in Minnesota. So you go to LaFleur, and I, I appreciate your comments about coach speak and everything, mm-hmm. uh, player speak from uh, post games. But I, I want to tell you, post game, they really, we all, as as reporters, we need to look at it on film. Yeah, uh, uh, It's hard to do this, you know, from the press box and in game to, to really slow it down and, and look at it. But the next day, you better be, if the reporters are doing their job and asking questions, and hopefully the coach is going to give you a more honest answer. You go to LaFleur and say, if this guy is running all over your field, why can't Joe Barry make a change in a game and have Jair Alexander cover Justin Jefferson one-on-one? Yeah, if you want to change the structure of your defense, I mean, you could certainly do that. There were many times throughout the course of that game where it wasn't just a single motion, it was a double motion. So now you're talking about trailing a guy, whatever it may be, but you would have to commit to man coverage. I don't know how else you get it done. It wasn't like there was these new plays, you know, in either of those phases that came up. It was just there were plays that, for whatever reason, the communication was off and the execution was off, and then we got guys covering for another guy, and then that's how bad things happen. Mike, we see this in the NBA all the time. Right, teams run a screen here and a roll here and a screen, and, and the whole goal of the play in the set is to get their good guy matched up against a guy who's not so good, right? They've been doing that really for the last, like, in the 2016 finals, it became clear. The Cavs are like, hey, where's Steph Curry? We want to switch our guy into that guy. That's a matchup we like. And NFL offensive coordinators have finally figured it out. It's like, let's run him through the formation and then move him back this way and until we get him on the guy we want. It's not just as easy as stick Jair on him the whole game. It's not that simple. And 
if you're in the NBA mm-hmm. or in the NFL. When a guy comes into the key, then you switch from the zone and someone has to close on the guy. Yep. Nobody was closing on 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's another thing that was going on that I figured out last night after, A, watching the tape, and B, getting some really good inside information from a certain nice. player. Nice. And that was this. That was this. They played first and second down for Delvin Cook. Mm-hmm. They were in there. When you watch the film, why isn't Kenny trying to get penetration? Or Dean Lowry? Or Reed? They're holding the gaps. And so if, you, if your defense, particularly on first and second down, are thinking run, prevent you know, Delvin Cook, you, and, they end, and Kirk Cousins ends up making a three-step drop, you have to make that transition. Yep. They're not making that transition fast enough. And you ask LaFleur, and then they're running these double motions, which does screw up the zone. Mm-hmm. And this is where you've got to make those kinds of adjustments. And so you ask LaFleur about that, you know, to make that adjustments and shifts before the snap. If a guy goes in motion, it's more than just one guy covering that guy. Now you're talking about 10 other guys changing their responsibilities, possibly, if you're in a zoning defense, which you don't really see that. I think they did a great job game planning, you know, and, and moving Jefferson around, and they put him in some opportune spots, and there were certain coverages where they're going to have the advantage on. We're talking with Mike Clements. Mike, you know, for all of the headache that Justin Jefferson gave the Packers defense on Sunday and all the yards that... Look, the Packers defense gave up 23 points, right? And three of those points came essentially in garbage time, right? So we can bellyache about it. Joe Barry didn't adjust, even though Matt LaFleur is kind of pushing back against this. And you let Justin Jefferson beat you. Well, you gave up 20 points effectively. You know what I mean? So I I get why Matt LaFleur is saying, hey, let's take it easy a little bit, guys. Like, there's a lot going on out there. It's not as simple as you're making it out to be. So today you mentioned that uh, Aaron Rodgers did the McAfee show again. And that's, you know, some good stuff, and he's with his buddies, and it's uncensored, so they can say whatever they want to. Also, remember, Aaron Rodgers just didn't play in a three-hour football game and get sacked four times and banged around. Uh, He now has had a day and a half to rest and recover and watch the film himself. So sometimes you do get better answers a couple of days later. On the other hand, one thing you don't get on the McAfee show, by the way, Aaron's being paid to be on that now. Yeah. yeah. For a fact, because we met McAfee at Super Bowl. Um, you don't get your boy Mike Clemens asking the quarterback directly. <laughs> okay, you're not you're not happy with these young receivers. And listen, when you when you showed up that one day at minicamp, it raised. I mean, the entire practice went to a new level because he is the best thrower of the football. And but you don't get those questions from McAfee like I asked this guy three weeks ago. You know, it used to take, Brett, a couple of weeks in camp to get it on. You come to minicamp, looks like you've been here two weeks. But do you think some of these younger guys would be further along if you'd done some of the OTAs with them? <laughs> uh, you know, not really. Um, training camp is a long experience. There's plenty of time for conversations, for practice, for a lot of the things that we expect them to do in the regular season. I rely on the coaching staff to pass on the message as we're learning the offense. And then, you know, I'm kind of the, the 202 professor. You know, they got to get the kind of the base concepts. And when I come in, you know, we have, you know, the offense outside of the paper offense. So um, I feel like there's been a few guys who've made a jump mentally as we've gotten into the second and third week of camp. Um, Sammy being one of them, I feel like he's been playing faster and making 
more precise decisions. Again, you got to have realistic expectations for all our guys, not just for young players. See, Mike, Aaron Rodgers talks about we need realistic expectations, but then I listen to him talk, and he's like, well, they need to learn this offense, and then they need to understand the why, and then learn my offense. It, it feels like Rodgers keeps preaching patience, temporary expectations, but he also seems like he's trying to heap so much onto these guys, maybe too much this early on in their career. By the way, you heard his little laugh there, right? Yeah. Well, what was that? That's his, that's his, that's his F you, Mike, laugh, by the way. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. what's going on there. I mean, here, I, you know, Mike. I've the guy since 2005. Yeah. Would they be worse along, though, if Rodgers was there? Like, that's the thing. Like, is no, it going to hurt no, for Rodgers no, to be there? No, no, no. It's football. You're playing catch. Yeah. It's just playing catch. And it's, and it's rinse and repeat. You know, you have to get reps in. Yeah, and, and I swear, every every three hours that Romeo Dobbs can get with twelve, mm-hmm. it, it, it goes. You, you know, you learn by leaps and bounds. Yeah. So in the meantime, but you know, Rogers is also he can be okay to say, "Look, I'm coming back, but I am tired of having to sit through the one-on-one sessions." Okay, I get that. Whatever. In the meantime, though, you are working with all these young guys. Uh, by the way, Alan Lazard skipped all the OTAs as well. Yeah. Let's just put that in there. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers after the game. And, uh, you know, so t- here we are three weeks later now, and this is the key. Everyone's saying, well, what, what's the direction of this offense? And I told you a week ago when they only kept two running backs, I said, they ain't going to run the football. They're not going to run the football, at least not this time of year. Yeah. Okay. They're going to save the. They're going. They save the. They're. They're going to try and save Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon for November and December football. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. And 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 so the the key is to get number nine going. Matt Lafleur was coaching that kid up all through the spring, one on one, and coming in the locker room and talking to him. Yeah. Number nine, Christian Watson is the answer, and Aaron Rodgers said, "Yeah, yeah, I I signed off on this. Let's go seventy-five yards to this guy in the first play of the game. Here you go." I mean, he knew this is going to be growing pains. This is the real football. You know, it counts. It's different. There's nerves. I thought Christian ran a great route to start the game. You know, we talked about it during the week. Do you really want to start off with a bomb shot? I said, yeah, what the hell? Why not? You know, this kid can really fly. Let's give him a chance. I was teasing Patrick after the game that we got him. He said, yeah, I wasn't quite warmed up yet. But uh, we got to make those plays. The majority of we've seen, obviously, Fox, I said you a few times on the sideline. You were a little frustrated. Was it the mistakes? Is that the main thing that had uh, that point that really yeah, I mean, look, obviously it would be great to have a 75 yard touchdown to start the game, but drops are going to happen. It's part of the game. It's the mental stuff that we just can't have because we're hurting ourselves, whether we're going the wrong way on a block or, or you know, missing the protection something or missing a hot or not running the right route, the right depth. There was just too many, uh, too many mental mistakes. Uh, it's... It's different when it, it's real, I guess. You know, it, I know for me, you feel it, it feels different, and and the urgency goes up. But uh, hey, love to be sitting here uh, with very few mental mistakes in the first game, because then that eliminates you guys the opportunity to write about playing in the preseason or any of that stuff. But the truth is, I mean, we're professionals, so there's an expectation of performance, and it starts with preparation. And there was just too many. Uh, preparation issues. It was surprising. 
There's just so much to unpack there, Mike. First of all, can you stop writing about the preseason? Aaron is obviously perturbed at all the pieces that you and your your cronies in the Packers beat are writing. Could you please take it easy about the preseason? He doesn't like those pieces, I guess. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, you know. He's, he's, he's wasting his time talking about that. The issue yeah. is, do you, you know, you've got a game uh, on September 11th. Are you ready? Yeah. And you need to project, along with your coaches and along with your 22-year-old receivers, how much it's going to take in order to get you ready. Because yeah. you weren't ready. All right, Mike. Ready. I wish we had a couple more minutes. I don't. I got to go. Can I talk to you on Thursday? Absolutely. Maybe I'll tell you some Russell Wilson stories then, too. Ooh, I love that. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. Thank you for the time, Mike. We appreciate you, as always. Thank you, Grant. Have a good one. That's Mike Clemens on Twitter, at Mike Clemens NFL. Ooh, Russell Wilson stories. Let's go. He's not going to make me like the guy. I don't know. I don't know what his angle is here, but don't even try. All right, let's take a break. We'll wrap up the show after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.